I'm excited today. Um, you know, we, we've been in this vein the last few weeks, uh, and really the, 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 the word for this house is that we are not to make little plans here. And uh, I'm not here to bring in another word other than to hopefully just uh, back up what we're already believing for today, that we're not making little plans here. I want to read uh, uh, some verses today. It's a story uh, in the Bible that I believe we can pull some things from in the next four minutes and 30 seconds. In Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 26, it says this, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They looked like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away, saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Uh, the title of my message today is Don't Settle There. Don't Settle There. A couple weeks ago, I was in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina. It was like this mountain town, nothing in this town. And I was, I was there for some, uh, some, some trainings on trying to get better at different things and learning from some incredible people. And we were like in this cabin and the cabin was beautiful. The place was awesome, but they only served you three meals a day. You know, when you're six foot two, 200 and something pounds, you need some snacks in between meals. And on this one specific day, I found myself in the kitchen, just, you know, bored, just walking around. It's like, you ever find yourself, you're like, how did I get to the kitchen? And, and I looked at this other guy that was about my size, and uh, I realized he's, he's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. We need some food. And we didn't even need to say anything. We just grabbed the car keys and jumped in the car, and we were heading to town. The problem about this town is it was a very, very small town. There was a, a gas station and a Dollar General. The, the gas station was like one of those gas stations you see in a scary movie that you, that you run to because you're about to be killed and then you realize that store hasn't been open since like 1960. It was one of those and so that's just, just to give you a picture of this town and so we go to the Dollar General for some food. Dollar General is typically not the place you go to when you're hungry but we had to make it work. And uh, th this Dollar General was just different. I mean, walked in, there's cobwebs on the soda cans, everything that had ever been discontinued in America made it to this Dollar General. They had Fruitopias, they had Surge. Y'all remember, you see, we gotta, they had things that I didn't even think were, this was the 90s, and, but we're desperate, we're hungry, and so I get an expired Lunchable. He, he grabs, he grabs an energy drink that I couldn't tell if it was a can of propane or an energy drink. We didn't care. It was, uh, he, he grabbed some Funyuns. I said, do you like Funyuns? He said, I hate Funyuns, but what else am I gonna eat? And so we grab all this random stuff. We, we go back into the car and we stuff our face. I mean, that was the most disgusting Lunchable I had ever eaten in my life, but I didn't care. I, I was hungry and, 
and we put the navigation system back and it's taking us a different route back to our, our, our cabin and as we're heading this different route, we're driving up this hill and I see this angelic presence in the sky. It was like these golden wings and I'm looking at my buddy like, do you see what I see? And clearly he did because he had Funyuns falling out of his mouth. His hands were over his head. He was in shock. We quickly realized it wasn't an angel. It was a, the McDonald's emblem. And, and not only was there a McDonald's, next to the McDonald's was the Panda Express. And next to the Panda Express was the KFC. And across the street was my favorite restaurant. It was a Taco Bell. I mean... We were in disbelief. Why? Because we had settled there. You know, this is such an awesome story. Jesus takes this man outside of town. He prays for this man the first time. He says, do you see anything? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's all right. And then Jesus prays for him again, lays his hands on him again, and this time the man can see clearly, and it's such an amazing story, but I have to be honest with myself, Andrew, would you have settled after the first touch? Andrew, would you have said, you know what, Jesus, before you touch me again, I can see a little bit better than I was able to a moment ago, so, I, so I'm good, I'm just going to go home now. And when God is looking to do great things in your life, my concern is that you might settle for a dollar general when God has something up the road for you. This man could have very easily have settled for just seeing better than he did a moment ago. And I think so many times in our life, we're just glad we're not where we used to be. And that's awesome. And that's something to be grateful. But Jesus didn't come down across for you to stay halfway healed. He didn't come and give you a promise so you can stay halfway this, halfway that. He came to bring complete restoration in your life. You know, the enemy, the enemy's really crafty. You know, if there's a God, there is a devil. The Bible says he doesn't like you. And the enemy knows this. If I can't stop them, I have to do the next best thing, and that's to get them to settle throughout scripture the enemy was 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 fighting to get people that knew their god was able that had a dream and a calling on their life he tried to get them to settle i mean i think about jesus he was baptized and he's getting ready to start his mission in the earth it's incredible he goes into the wilderness and, and he's getting ready to to fast and to pray and and guess who shows up the devil and it's in that moment before Jesus can ever get started, the devil's already trying to get him to settle. I think about Moses. God put a big dream in Moses. Hey, Moses, you're going to free all of my people from the hand of Pharaoh. Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. So Moses goes and Pharaoh says no, and Moses goes back, and Pharaoh says no, and Moses goes back, and Pharaoh says no. And finally, Moses is realizing this guy is never going to give up. Let's see if he'll settle. He says, Moses, I'll let you go. I'll let you go free. But who, do you wanna, who, who, who are you trying to take? He says, I'm trying to take us, the kids, and all of our animals. What does Pharaoh do? I'll let you and the animals go but leave the kids behind, just settle. 
just settle. If the enemy can't stop you, his next goal is to get you to settle. To settle for what? Small plans. To settle for what? A mediocre life. To settle for what? Anything uh, that's great. He, he doesn't want you to experience greatness. God has great things in store for you. He has great things in store for your family. He has great things in store for your marriage. God really does. So why do we settle? If God has great plans for us. Why would we settle? If I can see clearly, why, why would we settle? I think one of the reasons why we settle in life is because we don't actually think we're settling. I'm going to say that one more time. I don't think we settle on purpose. I think we settle because we don't know what, that we're settling. You know what I've learned about greatness? Is, is that greatness is subjective. What does that mean? What's great to you might be mediocre to the person next to you. What's mediocre to the person next to you might be great to the person that's in front of you. Greatness is subjective. Why? Because your version of greatness has everything to do with the level of exposure that you've had. And sometimes in life we're settling because we've never been exposed to what is. And our version of greatness is good, it's just not great. But it's not because you're a bad person, it's just you have not been exposed to that yet. Do you know if I would have drove, drove back to my cabin the same way I came, I would have never known that there was greatness there? When I went back to that cabin, I would have been telling all my other fellow friends, hey guys, guess what? There's a Dollar General. Grab the zebra cakes. I think that's all they got. Yeah, and you know what? Two years later, if my kids were there and I never went that other route, hey dad, what does town have for us? You know, town, this town has some good zebra cakes and some nasty expired things. I would have been preaching that message when the entire time someone else had had some different perspective could have been telling their kids, kids, there's not just a Dollar General. There is a Panda Express. There is a Taco Bell. So greatness, greatness is subjective. In Jeremiah 29, 11, this is a verse that everyone in this room probably can quote. It says, it says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Notice it doesn't say, for I know the plans I have for you, says your mom. For I know the plans that I have for you, says your past experiences. For I know the plans that I have for you, says your skin color. For I know the plans that I have for you, says your neighborhood. For I know the plans that I have for you, says your teacher. It doesn't even say, for I know the plans that I have for you, says yourself. It says God. God will define greatness for you. It says, let God be the standard of greatness for you. Let God determine what is great and what is small. Let God determine those things. For most of us, we hear pastors saying, God wants to make you rich and it makes you upset, but you have no idea that we're not preaching our perspective. We're telling you that God sees something that you don't see yet. These people that brought this man did one thing correct. They brought this man and made sure that he was going to get his vision from Jesus. The vision for your life, not your actual vision, but the vision for your life. Are you getting your vision from Jesus or for a, from a different source? Are you getting the vision for your marriage from Jesus or from a different source? Are you, where are you getting your vision from today? Where are you getting your vision from today?
If I personally would have embraced the vision for my life that people gave to me, I would be living a very average life. And the sad thing about it is I would have called it greatness. Are you getting your vision from Jesus? Now I know Jesus isn't here in physical form, but thank God we have our Bible or the Word of God. Because when I can't find vision for myself, I go to the source. God, what do you say is out there for me? And I grab that vision. God, what do you believe about my life? I grab that vision. God, what do you believe about my children? I grab that vision. God has a vision for your kids. You've already just gave up on them. God has a plan for your kids. Can you get on that vision? Your marriage is falling apart. It's done within your perspective, but God has a vision. God sees you and your spouse walking down, grabbing a communion element a year from now. Don't give up on that vision. Where are you getting your vision from today? I want to end with this verse because it's, it's such a powerful reminder that God is looking to do something in your life. But for him to do it, he needs you to see the way that he sees. In Jeremiah chapter 20, uh, uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 11 through 12, I'm going to read out of the message translation. I want to wrap up with this verse. But I want to encourage somebody today uh, with this. It says this, God's message came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I said a walking stick, that's all. And God said this, good eyes. When God looks to you and says, hey, what do you see here? Does he say, good eyes? When God says, what do you see with your business? Does he look at you and say, good, good eyes? And he goes on to say this, good eyes, I'm sticking with you. And I'll make every word I give you come true. I don't care how big the vision is, if you're seeing eye to eye with God, he'll make it come true. If you're seeing eye to eye with God, he'll make it come true. Why am I excited for the future of Celebration Church? Because right now we are seeing eye to eye with God and I have some good news. He will make it come true. Where do you get your vision from? I get my vision from the source. I wanna see like God sees. And when you see like God sees, get ready to experience the life that you were intended to live. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 